I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi everyone, I'm Jason Ballara and this is the Know Your Why podcast. I'm here today with Mandy McAllister, who has been kind enough to give us her time. Uh, Mandy is a multifamily real estate investor, a mindset ninja, an eternal leader, and a coach and a dot connector. Uh, her passion is to help others define their path to financial freedom through syndications, coaching, and her platform, Aspiring Women Achieving More. I'd really like to hear your story, Mandy, in your words. I think that's way better than me just reading this very impressive bio. And uh, I think we're both parents, and I see that the end of your bio talks about your son. And I think that's often an a inspiration for people, at least it has been for me. Yeah, absolutely. Gosh, Jason, thank you for the chance to, to have this conversation. I uh, really love a chance to dig in with um, people from different walks of life and let's do this. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I, uh, I mean, I grew up on a farm. Both my parents were self-employed. My dad, a farmer, my mom owned a small gift manufacturing business. So I always kind of had entrepreneurism in my blood. Um, actually, so I was like 12 years old and I started sewing scrunchies that matched for all like the local volleyball teams in like yeah. the late nineties, you yeah. know? So I had like $3,000 as a 13 year old and I didn't know what to do with it. Right. So I was bit by sure. the entrepreneurialism bug. Uh, ended up following undergrad to Georgia uh, to play volleyball and was in 1999 on a patio of some house where a friend explained her dad bought the house and she rented the rooms to the rest of our friends. And I'm like, and you get to keep that money. That is Genius. the best idea. Oh my like yeah. right and then yeah. subsequent to that like read the Rich Dad Poor Dad, Richest Man in Babylon, all of those books that are like you know, gateway drugs right, right, <laughs> to yeah. all this uh, mindset, real estate investing stuff. But then I didn't really, you know, buy an asset for express purpose of uh, investment <clears throat> until 2016. And not coincidentally, uh, my son was born in 2016. So literally three or four weeks after I bought my first asset, my kiddo was born because this switch flip that oh gosh this is not a dress rehearsal this is for real yeah, yeah. so yeah. um yeah that's a yeah I, that sort of that's exactly what happened with me in terms of that switch flipping it's like I I've known for a long time that real estate you know people get rich in real estate you read all the books you can listen to the podcast and things like that but it wasn't until I realized that I wanted to have freedom time freedom right mm -hmm. I like the money's Nice, but it's it, that's not even really what it's about. I think for for most of us that are are really going through, and you need some motivational thing to kind of get you to that point. So for you, uh, I, I feel we share that. It's it's you know when my son was born, that was kind of the the time that I was like, okay, this this really needs to happen. Mm -hmm. I, well, and I'll say too that you know it was just I, I bought it for uh, it was going to be his college fund. That right. was what caused me to, to be interested in pulling the trigger, right? Because this little bitty fourplex 
I'll pay it off by the time he's right. ready to go to college, pull out, you know, however much I pull out. And that is automatically his college fund. I'd still have a cash flowing asset. So I, I do think that that is an excellent strategy for anybody who wants to get started. I mean, you got time on your side. You're not going to screw it up really if you've got time on your side. Right. So, um, uh, that being said though, it kind of bit me by the bug and I, I realized the opportunity that was in front of me if I just continued to act pragmatically in that direction. Sure. Sure. So, so on that note, where did, where did you go from there? You got the, the quad for your son and then kind of obviously have grown. <laughs> yeah. Well, as I got that quad, I, you know, signed up to, you know, with a group because I, I I've got to tell you that, you know, Five years ago or so, when I started, there weren't as many free resources. There weren't as many podcasts for just free learning stuff. And the chance to really involve yourself with a group of people headed in the same direction. Uh, because I mean, I'm a, I'm a single mama that, you know, has basically two jobs and, and ha like plays whack-a-mole with her life. So to all of my friends, I'm a freaking weirdo doing a bazillion things. Yeah. But when I get in the same room with other people who are, who want to run at hundred miles an hour, like real estate investors, like the women in the mastermind that I just joined, like I feel normal and I see people doing bigger stuff than I've ever dreamed of. So right. I, I believe very firmly in involve yourself with people going the same direction as you are and you'll go further faster. So I, I joined a group ended up simultaneously basically um, buying a, a six unit and buying into 130 unit syndication to see what that that was like right um we've gone full cycle on the the syndication and I mean a thing that I kind of learned in that process was you know what do I love about multifamily the the, the control of the valuation the ability to really uh, pop an NOI so I can increase the value mm -hmm. and take money out of it or sell that asset and have a significant profit for me and, and my approach. I, you know, I really want cash flow. I really want control of as much as the asset as possible. Yeah. So I've kind of uh, painted myself as a small multis girl and have um, really started operating largely in that four to 50 unit wheelhouse. Sure. And um, been doing a little bit of teaching on that too, because you get more control, you you know get a lot of the upside of multifamily, and you're not you know a five percent owner of a twenty percent GP that results in not a ton of of upside for you. Yeah, yeah, no, that I mean that strategy honestly becomes more and more appealing to me the more I look at it. So on the on the syndication, were you a part of the GP or you were uh, an LP in that one? No, I, I did it to learn. I did right, it because right. I, um, I, I'm a medical device sales rep um, that I, I've been with a bunch of different companies and you roll over an IRA. Yeah. I didn't want to mess with my, my liquidity because I, I saw the power of these small multis for my own accounts. And I, I chose to self-direct an IRA and put it into um, the uh, syndication so that I got to do that learning and keep myself as liquid as possible at the same time. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, it was a great experience that it was a friggin' home run that the deal that I was a part of, we yeah. made 50% on our money in 22 months. They oh, exist, you know, fantastic. yeah, right. But, um, you know, for, for me, large uh, owning a larger proportion is, is yeah. more interesting. Yeah, sure. And, and I think, you know, for a lot of people, it, it comes down to just like you said, the control of it, you can, have even more 
power in sort of the manipulation of that NOI and, and what you're going to do to add value to that asset is if if you essentially own it yourself or with a small group. So I think yeah. that's that's fantastic. Um, and I think, but I think what you talk about with the syndication and using your self-directed IRA, I mean, I think a lot of professionals don't know about that. So I yeah. think those getting those strategies out there to people is I think very helpful, you know, mm-hmm. almost every job has, you know, you have a, a 401k or something like that. And as you said, you switch jobs and now you have this 401k just sitting there. And I think a lot of people just leave it sitting there and that's money that you could really be, you know, if you earned a 50% return in 22 months, like that's a great way to grow your wealth. So that that's fantastic. Um, and so you, you did the syndication. Now you're you're focusing on these small, uh, smallish. I don't. I still don't think fifty units is small, yeah. but smaller than you know the <laughs> the huge uh, syndications. But mm-hmm. at some point, it seems. And maybe you, maybe this wasn't a switch. Maybe this was just your mind opened. But you got into mindset. Uh, you know, your your bio says mindset ninja. Like I, I love that. <laughs> I really do love that sort of transition because mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's happened. I wouldn't call myself a mindset ninja, but I have realized the importance of mindset when you mm-hmm. start getting into real estate, just in the sense of like the size of the numbers you're talking about. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. just like you go from talking about seeming like hundreds of thousands of dollars is a lot. And then you're like, maybe a million's not that bad. Now 10 million's a lot, but like people are talking about yeah. 50 and $80 million deals. So it's just kind of a, those adding those zeros get crazy. You have to change your mind. So I, I wonder if you could speak a little bit to, you know, sort of that your journey into the mindset. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like any new endeavor you're taking on, there's a new set of fear that sure. sets in, yeah. you know, and for that fourplex, Jason, that fourplex that I bought, that first one that I was shaking in my boots and I was so scared that it was going to go wrong this way and that way, it was a $120,000 fourplex. I bought it at 30 grand a door, you know? So back then, like it was a fear that I had to push through, right? So I had to like harness whatever mindset, whatever to get through that. And I'll tell you too, that most recently we took down a 53 unit in the middle of COVID. So in uh, September awesome. of uh, 2020, and it's it was a new set of fear things to, to push through, right? And one thing that I've figured out, it's, you know, I, um, even though I was born to entrepreneurial parents, I was the straight A student who did everything right. And I just right. showed up and I did everything I was supposed to and this perfect little girl, blah, right? The, the, the fear of making a mistake, because that's, that's how I grew up. That's how I lived my life. I yeah. didn't know how to make a mistake or fail at anything. So to venture into anything entrepreneurial, to wrap my brain around that this is actually learning. And you hear this. I mean, anybody listening to this podcast, like, it's like, yeah, I've heard this 142 times. But the the thing is the hack for me, it's like, you know, it came from reading a bunch of books and um, this idea in stoic philosophy that if you just like get comfortable with the downside, what is the worst case scenario that might happen? And is that something that I can get comfortable with? So in the fourplex, it would be, you know, gosh, I could have... um, three of these tenants not paying for most of the year and I would still break even, you know, it would, sure, that's fine. I can push through that. And then on the, on the 53 unit, 
I learned that we had, um, we did the worst case scenario on that. We had a 42% economic vacancy break-in. That means 42% of people not paying their rent. And, you know, we would still be able to keep the property. We wouldn't make any money, but we would keep the property. So what I did there, and this is just to kind of take a full circle of how someone might push through that fear. I realized the people losing their jobs in COVID were like your bartenders and manicurists, right? Mm -hmm. Not your computer programmers and nurses. So if you've got a college education type job, then you're more likely to keep your job than if you if you didn't. So I went to the property manager and got all of the applications to live in the property. And I, I made a little pile. All right. At risk job, not at risk job, yeah. at risk job. And I got really comfortable with that downside and realized, oh, wait, only 12% or something of these people have scary jobs and I can be vacant to 42%. Let's do this. Right. So. <clears throat> yeah. Well, and it just comes down to literally just breaking down the numbers to where you can say, okay, this is scary. Here's worst case scenario, but also what's the likelihood of actually having 42% vacancy, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Like something really bad would have to happen. Something really bad just did happen and they didn't have 42% vacancy. Like it's mm-hmm. just kind of, it, it's a, it, it's a very important part. I think of that, you know, sort of mindset shift is that, okay, the, really what's the odds of these really bad things happening that we're all scared of because i think everyone starting out is and i think that's where you have to shift your mindset i think realistically you know and you you probably see this in sort of your your non-real estate investing career this stuff exists in in every field right people are scared of the what ifs and it's like but really the probably the scariest thing of having a w2 job is what if you lose that job yep right so go ahead i i mean i have i have actually so i love the title of your your podcast so much the because this why what is your why thing is so deeply ingrained in my my journey over the last few years and actually Mm -hmm. uh we didn't talk about this but today launched a book that I uh, was an author in. There was uh, 20, it was a multi-author book. It's called Aspire Women Finding Their Purpose. We've actually hit some bestseller lists, which I'm super proud of. Awesome, congratulations. Um, thank you very much. So we're, um, you know, it's the, the journey that I talk about in my 3000 word chapter is, you know, I was a single mom, basically in my day job, a boss was asking me to do stuff that I knew was not okay. Yeah. I knew it wasn't okay, but I was a brand new single mom and I, I mean, if I were in a position, I knew that I had passive income coming in that would support like feeding me and my kid and paying our mortgage. We, yeah. we you know, we'd be eating rice and beans, but that didn't matter. We would live. Yeah. Exactly. And so I was able to like live by my moral compass to, to you know, live with authenticity because I, I had my basic needs met. And you know what? That, that is a security that is not afforded to you by uh, an employer. Right. You know, right. And it's the reality is in if you work for someone else, you're realistically you're replaceable. And oh, yeah, it's you, in order to, you know, make this the, I guess, stand up for what's right is, is probably, you know, kind of a, a simple way of putting it. And I, I don't want to minimize, you know, kind of <laughs> the the reality the enormity of what that actually means for some people in in situations at work but it i think a lot of people 
they can't do that because they don't have anything else. There is no mm. backup plan. And it's like, if you, it's just, okay, if I lose this job, what's going to happen to me, right? What, am yeah. I going to get another job? You know, is it going to pay me as much? Am I going to be able to feed my kids? And I think, you know, sometimes you, you get into that fear-based motivation, yes. whereas really what we should try to look at it from is like, the exact opposite of that, right? The fear should be not having a backup plan, not that I have to stay in this forever, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so it's, I think it's, you know, for, for me, I, I don't really intend to necessarily leave my sort of day job as a surgeon ever because I love it, mm -hmm. but I want to do it because I love it, not because yeah. I need to do it to mm. feed my family, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like that, that's, that's my, you know, sort of motivation behind it. And I, I think you're kind of right on, on track with that. And it, let's, since you sort of brought up and again, congratulations on the book. I actually, I actually saw that uh, on Thank Instagram you. and I was going <laughs> to say that, but um, t tell me a little bit about the um, aspiring women achieving more. You can see it behind you there in your background. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, absolutely. I want to add one point to what you just said though. There's a book called Anti-Fragile. Mm -hmm. That it's, you know, in uh, that it speaks to exactly what it is you're saying. So if you're, you know, some things like a, a, a glass ball, you know, that's flat, fragile, right? But some things like trees become stronger when hard winds hit them. They are anti-fragile. They're made better by things going badly. And if you can set up your life so that it's anti-fragile. So if, if you think about it, if you spend every dollar that you make as a surgeon, as a sales rep, as a cashier at Starbucks. It doesn't matter. You live a fragile life. If you are living on that kind of teetering edge of every yeah. dollar is being spent, yeah. you are anti-fragile if you have passive incomes coming in. So that's an incredible book that you can add to your little uh, Yeah, I need some more books there. on the yeah. shelf. So <laughs> that's a perfect one. I'll, I'll definitely pick uh, that up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Aspiring Women Achieving More was really just born of, you know, there's not a tremendous number of women in uh, commercial real estate and in, you know, kind of coming up through apartment investing. There were a few of us that kind of banded together and we started a book club because we, you know, we show up as these professional women and sometimes we forget how to be girls in our lives and things like we would discuss that type of stuff that, you know, is, is very vulnerable. It's, it's not something that really hits, you know, normal conversation waves, right? Mm -hmm. So um, <clears throat> we realized, oh gosh, we've got something here. We feel so empowered by each other, so lifted up, so able to celebrate. You guys, guess what? I just took down a 53 unit, $4.1 million asset. If you say that at a cocktail party, they'd be like, oh, nice, must be nice. Good for you, right? right. right. No, like I want, to, I want to surround myself with people that realize how hard I worked, how I fought tooth and yeah. nail to find the right deal to, to high five me in that. So we, you know, we started this Facebook group. It's just a free resource where, you know, um, one of my girlfriends from old volleyball days just celebrated that she found a new job. Um, uh, you know, we got to celebrate this book, a couple of the other author, authors I know from the group. Um, so I firmly believe that just one generation ago, there was one woman who broke through that glass ceiling and was in the C-suite and everybody else would look at her and kind of hate her a little bit, you know, because yeah. she was the only one. Yeah. But now this generation that I find myself of, of female leaders as a part of that, you know, it is incumbent on us that because there are more seats at the table that we have to lift 
girls and women up and clap loudly for each other to completely change that paradigm of, of mean girls in the business place. Yeah. So that is the goal of it. That's what we do. We provide free accountability and a bunch of motivation. So um, I'm going to make sure I give you those notes for for the show notes for our women to. Yeah, to for sure. De- definitely do. I, I, if you don't mind, I actually like to, to sort of touch on this topic because I yeah. listen when I listen to other podcasts and I, you know, see things on Instagram and all of this stuff. And there's, there's a lot of, um, not a lot. There are some groups uh, specifically for women kind of building them up in, in real estate or in the business world. And I think that's fantastic. What I sometimes wonder, so in, in veterinary medicine, I work with a lot of women, mm-hmm. right? So it's, it used to be a male dominated profession. And I actually, now it's probably flip-flopped. Most of my technician are women, most of the doctors, it's a lot more, you know, flipped to that side. And so I'm kind of around strong women all the time, right? I, I just, that's, to me, that's normal. And so I see all these groups and it's like, it's actually a little bit hard for me to fathom thinking of women as less, not mm-hmm. as powerful, whatever that is. And so it's not that I don't believe that it happens, but it's like, I see things like this, I, I, you know, when the, when the Me Too movement thing happened and I start hearing all the stories and I'm like, guys really do this? Yeah. Like, that really happens? And I... It's kind of terrifying. I mean, I'm actually about to have a daughter and I'm like, Aww. all of this is, <laughs> all of this is very, you know, kind of relevant, another add to my why, right? But it's, it's another mm-hmm. thing that I'm like, I want to make sure that she can be around things like this. And so I sometimes hear women on other, on podcasts and things, and they'll ask questions like that to me sound a little bit belittling, I guess. To, uh, and I'm trying to, you know, I don't want to call anyone out or, or anything, but I just, I think it's, I just think it's fantastic. And so I, I wonder, you know, kind of it's, it, I think I'm sure this adds to your, your why in terms of what your focus and your, your end goals can be. It's, so, I think, so, I'm sorry. No, no, I'm, I'm having trouble with how to exactly ask the question because I don't I think the question is a humongous question right it's like why is the world the way it is which is not (laughs) something we can fit into this hour but I love that we're asking that and what is your why it's like what is the meaning of life why is the world I like that we're keeping it simple you know like we're just entry level (laughs) we go right to the um, the easy questions I love it I love it this is but this is like the juice like I always I always say to my girlfriends like listen I love a manicure but I I need to talk about more than my nail color you know? Um, so anyway, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll kind of speak to kind of echo what it is that you were saying. You know, I was, um, you know, climbing the corporate ladder. Like I was a perennial top performer in medical device sales, which is kind of, or at least 15 years, 16, 17, how many years ago, uh, when I started uh, a male dominated industry. And I found myself at the top as a former college athlete, as a competitive, you know, um, smart girl right and I just kind of thought that the women who didn't make it they just didn't try like I thought that there was something to that you know like deep down and it wasn't I didn't mean it to be a prejudice about about my own gender gosh no but I just thought that I was yoked as this competitive person in a way that other people weren't and maybe that's why it was easier for me I just thought it didn't exist systemically the way that some people would say like women are held back and then I got pregnant 
And then I was the top performer on my team and I, there was a management position open and I wanted to throw my hat in the ring. And my boss, a female told me, Mandy, you can't apply for this job because of your baby. And the wind was knocked out of my sails in such yeah. a way that I'm like, I mean, is this candid camera? Is this a joke? Right. Like this is, right. you know, and then come to find out it was her boss who, you know, and I, I try to look at it in a way that, you know, mindset ninja in myself. Yeah right? That he must mean, like, it's not easy to have a newborn. I get it. I would have been going through training at the same time, a big life event and going through training for a new position at the exact same time would be very difficult. But the way it was received initially by me was, you know, you can't do this because of your innately womanhood, you know? Right. So I, I mean, I'm, I'm careful. Like I'm, I, I have seen both sides of this coin, but what, what I, you know, what I do firmly believe is that there's, there's tremendously different ways at looking at things. And if I, if I look at my work in terms of outcomes, you know, there's, there's, there's ways to achieve things in those outcomes that <clears throat> I can maybe get something done in two hours. It might take somebody 20 hours, you know, because of, of how I look at, it. and it's, it's as, I, I mean, I, I don't know that I'm answering the question well, but I've seen both sides. Yeah. And I, I think that there's an innately different way of dealing with things with a feminine energy and with a masculine energy. Mm-hmm. And in business, we've been, you know, mostly masculine for the entirety of how we know Western yeah. business, right? Yeah. And now this you know, com- operating communally, operating with empathy, operating with full communication, those are innately feminine energy type things that, you know, we're, we're in this paradigm that is swinging because we've done all that for lack of a better way of putting it, the discussing masculine stuff, the winner take all type of stuff. And now we're getting a lot more done. If we incorporate the, the communal, you know, empathy, take care of each other, feminine type energy. So, um, I don't think we're totally there yet. But I, I think we're we're on a really good path and it's incumbent on the the in, the people, the doers, the in iters yeah. to to make the space for everyone at the table. Yeah. I didn't ask the question well, but you answered it perfectly. That's exactly <laughs> what I was sort of getting at. And I think it, it, that, I mean, even just putting that answer out there, I think will be really inspiring to other women I was going to say young women, it doesn't matter. The age really doesn't matter because it doesn't matter when you start, right? Mm-hmm. At some point, if you've, if you've got to shift your mindset, you can do that whenever. It's great. Like you were essentially entrepreneurial from a childhood age. Some people won't. That's okay. Like just whenever you realize how to use that to your advantage, you know, you, you didn't take that promotion. Instead, you bought a quad and, and, uh, set your kid up for right exactly you just right. did something and retired at 40 you know right. you, no you big did deal. something better how about that <laughs> what a gift I mean yeah. seriously what right. a gift that those two jerk boss at well jerk they're kind humans in their own right but right. these people who didn't know any better right. you know what, what a gift <laughs> right. these misguided yeah. individuals gave me you know right. in hindsight they they really did you a favor they, I'm gonna send them a fruit basket they, when they, I retire. You know, yeah, they, they gave you, you they gave you another realistically better pathway for you to have financial and time freedom that you can spend with your son. So I mean, I think that's, I mean, you know, looking at it that way is is fantastic. Um, I wanted to maybe I don't, don't want to keep you too long. I wanted to ask maybe a few questions uh, that I sort of 
some of it we've answered, but I think I want to sort of specifically point out, given the name of the podcast, what is your why? I think in you can summarize because I think you've touched on a lot of it, but really, what is it? You know, I went all the way down the Tony Robbins self-development rabbit hole over the last few years. And there's an exercise that we do that you, you know, you spell out what is the purpose of my life. And that was incredibly life-changing. So if anybody's listening here, really, you know, pay attention to, you know, some words that matter to you, some words that you live in your core and words that are aspirational to you that you're living towards. So I'm Amy McAllister and a kind, powerful, and authentic gift from God. I positively impact every life I touch and especially women and girls, and I can solve any problem in front of me. That is my why. That is my impact. I am an incredible mother. I, I am an incredible friend. And I, I just, my life is about spreading inspiration, happiness, and joy with every step. That's fantastic. Duncan is a lucky boy. He's got a uh-huh. very powerful mom. Um, tell me something that you would like people to know about you that maybe they don't. A mm-hmm. hobby, you know, uh, whatever it is, something that, that you want to get out into the world to let people know you better? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, I grew up a farm kid. So if you ever need to bail hay, Jason, I got you. Funny, I have actually done that as well. Yeah. I, I really enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I worked uh, on, a, on a horse farm when I was in college. And so I had to, I was basically the guy that would go and get the hay and <laughs> feed all the horses and things so that's that's very funny I was like the one girl they made do it because I I mean I'm I was a volleyball player through college so uh one of my very best group of friends so my recruiting class for that year was I'm Mandy but I'm Amanda so it's Amanda 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 and Amy we call ourselves the A-team and we're taking our nine collective children to a house in uh the mountains in Georgia for a vacation here in about a month so um it's gonna be a blast it's going to be so fun. And I am an excellent, excellent tetherball player and Sudoku player. Wow. So watch wow. out. I mean, that, if you ever that's, want to race uh, Sudoku, I got yeah, no, that You got that one. <laughs> I, I'm terrible at Sudoku. I, I don't have the, I don't know. I don't have the mind for that part of it. That's, that's, I'll, I won't even try to compete in that one. I play volleyball <laughs> sometime. I enjoy volleyball, yeah. but I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't try to compete with you in Sudoku. Um, We'll have it in the show notes, but how how would you like people to reach you? The very best way to contact me is at mandymcallister.com. The info for my investing group, Good Fortune Capital, my aspiring women achieving more. We've got some like gear stuff that's been super fun, uh, women lifting up women's stuff. Uh, everything is, that I do is on mandymcallister.com. Okay, perfect. That's a good central site for them. What is there anything that I can do? for you or anyone listening that we can do to help you reach goals, succeed even more than you already have? What, what would you ask of us uh, mm. as, as listeners to this podcast? Actually this, okay. So the thing that juices me most in life is impacting lives in a positive way, right? Sure. So in 2018, I think I made it a goal, uh, the New Year's resolution thing to positively impact somebody's day every day. So the week after you listen to this, go out of your way to do something kind for a stranger each day. If it's buying coffee, 
behind them, if it's taking their cart at the grocery store, if it's, you know, I, I work in hospitals, so I pushed a lady in a wheelchair because she was waiting to go somewhere, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is that you can come up with, the joy that you will feel in yourself doing it and the, the people's days that you'll make, uh, gosh, we together doing little things like that can change the world. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. I, I think people underestimate the amount of joy you can feel in yourself mm -hmm. just by helping someone else a little bit. I mean, it really is, it is pretty remarkable. And if you do that, so that, that is a challenge we'll put out there to people a week, a week of doing something, at least one thing kind for someone else every day of that week, uh, that would be perfect. And I will participate as well. <laughs> um, is there anything else that you would like to share with the world? Um, I mean, I, the, the paying it forward, the doing big things, you know, if you're, if you're a woman and you want a little more inspiration, find us, uh, in the show notes, we'll put, um, the yeah. link to aspiring women, achieving more and the, you know, never feel like you don't belong. There's, I've had a lot of reviews of our accountability group that, oh gosh, so many of these women are so far ahead of me. Well, we're welcoming you into the table, right? Yeah. And you've got to start right. somewhere. So if you feel like you don't belong, show up anyway, do it yeah. scared because you belong and you can do it. Yeah. Nobody starts with, nobody starts at the top. Yeah. Anything, worth, to anything worth doing well is worth sucking at in the beginning, right. you know? <laughs> Right. I, I have to remind myself that very often. It's, it's uh, <laughs> definitely a good thing to keep in mind. Well, listen, Mandy, this was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast and we'll get all of your uh, information in the show notes for everyone. Thank you very much.